Hello, friends. Have you noticed that you can get caught up in consuming content? Or maybe you notice you are hyper, hyper focused on the doing. Empaths, we often consume. And I know because that was me too, soaking up information from all my favorite teachers and mentors. But it wasn't until I started focusing more on the being and embodiment work that the door to massive clarity was finally unlocked. And I no longer got confused about what was my energy versus everybody else's. I was able to become a more clear channel for creation and as a result, transform my life, business, and health. In fact, my meditation and embodiment practice is what helped me have a nearly $40,000 month this past January, see the highest downloaded month of the podcast, and finally release a lot of unnecessary stress. And my clients felt it and saw it in their lives too. It wasn't reading more articles. It wasn't doing more busy work. So I'm inviting you to graduate from the spongy empath consumer into the self-activated sovereign healer. You can take your podcast listening experience from, ooh, I feel seen, heard, and inspired to, holy shit, I actually feel different. My being has shifted. I am the embodiment of the woman I desire to be. The Third Eye Collective is a simple way to upgrade your experience and commit not only to a meditation practice that complements your healing, but also receive personalized coaching so you can be clear on what direct actions to implement into your highest goals. There are two simple ways to get involved at $11 or $22 a month with no commitment. So if this is calling your name, join this amazing and growing community. Welcome to the Healing Uncensored Podcast. My name is Sarah Small, and I'm a health and mindset coach for women with autoimmune disease just like you. I absolutely love helping you tap into your self-healing power, uncover the energetic side of healing, and release limiting beliefs around your body and your life. Think of this podcast as everything you wouldn't hear at your doctor's office. It's a place for empowered souls to move beyond food and heal themselves on a soul level. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Now let's begin. Hello everyone, how's it going? Today we are gonna discuss five things I wish I knew about autoimmune disease when I was first diagnosed. So I wanna start off by asking you some questions. First of all, do you have one or maybe even multiple autoimmune diseases or diagnoses? Many of my followers have uh, this hodgepodge of really uncomfortable symptoms, but no diagnosis. And sometimes that can be even more frustrating. So if you do have autoimmune disease, when were you diagnosed and how were you diagnosed? I was personally diagnosed in 2011 with celiac disease by my doctor in Chicago. So even though I had struggled with fibromyalgia from seventh grade, which seems to have a correlation to autoimmune disease, it's not actually classified autoimmune. So 2011 was when I first received my, my autoimmune diagnosis. Now, maybe I wasn't paying attention, maybe I was high on all those narcotics they were giving me, but all I remember hearing is, you can't have gluten. Celiac disease equals no gluten. (laughs) And here's a list of common foods that have gluten in them, avoid them, and then that was that. 
So you've already heard me talk about how I rebelled against the gluten gods, and I obviously wasn't taking that diagnosis very seriously in the beginning. But I also thought that that was my rock bottom and my health journey, and that when I received this diagnosis, everything would turn around. When I removed the gluten, that would be my turning point. But instead, what I found was that my health continued to decline even after I made those dietary changes. So here are five things that I really wish I had known when I was first diagnosed with autoimmune disease. Number one, you can have autoimmune flares. What is a flare? First of all, you'll know when you have one if you haven't already. But an autoimmune flare is characterized by the sudden onset of severe symptoms, usually based on certain triggers, and those triggers may be unique to you. So if you haven't had one, imagine all of the worst things about your autoimmune disease happening at once, and that's kind of what a flare feels like. So for example, if you have, say, Crohn's disease during a flare, your T cells attack the lining of your gut, which can cause this horrible stomach pain. Or if you have multiple sclerosis, MS, during a flare, you might not be able to get up out of bed, you might have trouble thinking clearly, you might feel extremely, extremely weak. We all flare in different ways and based on different triggers depending on our unique body and whatever disease we may be struggling with. So some of the triggers that you might have are things like stress, anxiety, gluten, accidental gluten exposure, aka getting glutened, exposure to other types of toxins or chemicals, uh, coming down with an infection or illness like the cold or flu, fungal overgrowth like candida, inflammatory foods, processed foods, leaky gut, prescription drugs, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, things like aspirin. If you have had been having really poor sleep or lack of sleep, or even just the air you breathe in, in high pollution that maybe you aren't used to. So flares can be dangerous because inflammatory chemicals in your body are signaled on and your immune system begins to attack itself. So that feels like this little war going on inside your body when you're flaring and your tissues are attacked and, and can eventually die. So why do I wish I knew this? Because I would have better understood when and why my body felt like it was revolting against me. Now, now I know in retrospect that my body was not fighting me. It was just sending me a signal that something was off balance or I had experienced that trigger. And in, so it wasn't fighting me because we want to get out of that mindset that the body is against us. But it felt like this little war inside of me at the time. So understanding what a flare is and the tools for getting through an autoimmune flare really would have made a huge difference for me. So that's number one. I just want you guys to understand there's such thing as autoimmune flares if you've never heard of that and it helps us understand our body a little bit better. Number two things I wish I had known is the spoon theory. Have you guys heard of the spoon theory? The spoon theory is a, a term that was birthed, a theory that was birthed by Christine, and I'm sorry, Christine, I'm probably going to mispronounce this, Miserandino. Miserandino. I think that's how you say it. Christine Miserandino. 
and Christine was struggling with lupus, and the spoon theory, out of the spoon theory, came this term spoonie for someone who has autoimmune disease. It's a pretty popular hashtag on Instagram if you haven't checked it out, hashtag spoonie. So Christine was at this diner with her college roommate, and her college roommate asked, what does it feel like to have lupus? And she proceeded, Christine proceeded, to grab all the spoons off their table and some of the tables next to them and gathered about 12 spoons up together and she put them together on the table and gave them, put them out in front of her friend and said, here you go, you have lupus. Her friend was a little confused at first, <laughs> but she explained that part of having chronic illness was having to make choices about things that perfectly healthy people do not have to make choices about. So while a healthy young adult wakes up with potentially infinite possibilities and energy, this is the never-ending supply of spoons, someone with chronic illness might only have 12 spoons. And there's no guarantee that they might not drop a couple on the floor, but they might start with 12, and each task during the day requires a spoon, it requires energy. So for example, Brushing your teeth, washing your hair, bam, spoon gone, two spoons gone, brushing your teeth, washing your hair, and then you make breakfast, bam, another spoon gone. You guys see where I'm going. And so some choices need to be made. You might be leaving work to go home for the day, and you only have two spoons left. And you might have to decide between picking up your clothes at the dry cleaner. Does anyone use a dry cleaner? <laughs> All right, confession, I've never been to a dry cleaner in my entire life. But if you do that, maybe you uh, have to decide. Are you going to use a spoon to go pick up your clothes from the dry cleaner? Or are you going to make dinner that night? So you need, definitely need at least one spoon to get ready for bed. So you have that total of two left. And how are you going to utilize that? So you just have to make choices based on how many spoons you have left for the day. And on some days you might have more spoons than others. Some days you might feel like you have 30 spoons. Other days you might feel like you have 10 spoons. But you start to put one spoon in your pocket and this spoon is on reserve because you know that shit could hit the fan at any time. So there's also this little piece of protection in that where we, we kind of conserve our energy so that we always have that one, one spoon in our back pocket. Now, I do not like to live my life in fear, so I'm, I don't walk around terrified about how many spoons I have left for the day and frantically thinking, oh my god, I only have three spoons left, because that would be living from a place of lack. And in a lack mindset, you will never heal. However, I do like how this theory can help explain chronic illness and help you explain chronic illness to your family and friends so that they can understand better and they can even start to use that spoon analogy with you as you start to explain maybe on, on a day that you are feeling really fatigued. It also helps you manage your energy for the day. Now, being my rebellious self, I didn't think I had to change anything, which led to a lot of days where I felt totally burnt out. I had used up my spoons, and I had probably even borrowed a few spoons from the next day. Therefore, I ended up severely burnt out and exhausted for several days. Have you guys ever experienced that? Where there's one day that's extremely taxing on your body 
and going to bed and waking up in the morning doesn't quite fix it. You're still drained and that kind of lingers with you and lack of sleep or exerting yourself too much can also trigger that flare. So that's why the spoon theory helps. You guys can read the whole story on Christine's website, butyoudontlooksick.com, all one word, butyoudontlooksick.com. So that's number two, the spoon theory. And hopefully you guys can go use that in, in your life and potentially increase the understanding of those around you as well. Number three, things I wish I knew, is that our immune system is a nutrient hog. Yep. It is a big ol' hog. It uses micronutrients more than any other system in our body, and so it needs this wide array of nutrients like vitamins and minerals and amino acids and fatty acids and plant phytochemicals in order to be able to operate efficiently and do its job, which is part of what keeps us healthy. So when you aren't getting enough nutrients, the immune system begins to dysregulate and it just stays on, it stays turned on, which means it stays in an inflammatory state. So this dysregulation plus potentially eating a diet that is inflammatory means loads of inflammation in your body. And we know now that inflammation has an impact on almost all disease. And now we're starting to see it also has an impact on mental health. So what I wish I had known is that my body was likely not getting enough nutrients and especially not absorbing all the nutrients that I was putting into my body or eating in my diet. And I would have started to add more colors and diversity of food to my diet and especially added extra anti-inflammatory foods to keep that inflammation at bay. So again, number three, our immune system is a nutrient hog, needs a lot of nutrients in order to do its job and keep us healthy. All right, number four. Once you have one autoimmune disease, you are more likely to develop another autoimmune disease or even multiple autoimmune diseases. I surveyed the women in my Facebook group and it was really interesting to see which and how many autoimmune diseases these women experienced. So most of the women answered at least one because my group is called Autoimmune Tribe and that's why they're there. But many people experience two, sometimes three, even four or five autoimmune diseases. And the combination of at least three autoimmune diseases in one person has actually been defined as MAS, which stands for multiple autoimmune syndrome. And about 25% of patients with autoimmune disease have a tendency to develop additional autoimmune diseases. And at least one of them is usually a skin disease such as psoriasis, scleroderma, or in my case, vitiligo. I was first diagnosed with celiac and just within a year or two later, I also developed vitiligo. So why does this happen? Regina Berkovich, PhD and doctor of clinical neurology at Keck Medicine at the University of Southern California said, if the immune system already follows the autoimmune pattern, it is just a higher possibility 
that there will be another target. And why is this something you'd want to know when you're first diagnosed? So you can take healing freaking seriously and be on the lookout for changes in your skin or changes in your symptoms and potentially catch something in early stages so that it doesn't become chronic in your life. So again, this happened to me after I developed celiac, developed a skin condition, which is also autoimmune, called vitiligo. And I think it's important for all of us to know that we have a higher risk. And it doesn't have to, again, be something that puts us into a fear mindset, but simply an awareness and maybe even some inspiration to really take your healing journey seriously and do everything you can to support your body. And lastly, number five, there are also emotional roots to illness. This is my bread and butter. This is my jam. This is what I love to talk to, talk to everyone about. <laughs> and I especially wish I understood this when I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia after doctor after doctor looking at me and looking at me like I was crazy because I didn't fall and I didn't hurt my back. I wasn't in a car accident. I was just in pain. And so they looked at me like, well, what happened? And, I, you know, my answer was, I don't know. I'm just in pain. So what do I mean by this emotional route to illness? I, I mean that there are deeper roots and there doesn't have to be this physical injury or hormonal imbalance for you to experience pain. So, for example, the pain in your left shoulder might have nothing to do with an injury or you falling and hurting your shoulder or the weird way that you sit at your desk every day. And instead, that left shoulder pain might actually be these super high, almost unachievable expectations that your mother has always had of you. Our left side is our feminine energy. And oftentimes we also carry in the left any relationships in our maternal bloodline. So part of what I do as a coach is actually help people uncover these emotional, spiritual, energetic imbalances that might be affecting your health. What are the emotional roots that may be singular within the symptoms you're experiencing? Or it could be a combination of physical and emotional roots for whatever you're experiencing. I've also had a client who struggled with osteoporosis. And it wasn't that she didn't drink enough milk, because we know that's also not true. That's been debunked, you guys. But she did feel unsupported and she felt unstable in her life for many, many years. And that led to this feeling of hopelessness and helplessness and it manifested in her bones. I had another client who experienced this constant ache between her shoulders and she had never pulled her rhomboid muscle. She had never hurt her shoulders or had an injury, but instead she had manifested this deep underlying stress, chronic stress in her life. And she felt literally like the weight of the world was on her shoulders from a very young age. And it kept building and building and building until she was stuck in this chronic pain. And then many of you listening may also struggle with thyroid imbalance or thyroid disease or Hashimoto's autoimmune disease that affects the thyroid. So some of the symptoms and discomfort you can experience if you have Hashimoto's is depression, weight gain, low energy, crappy sleep, 
but also let me know if this resonates with you. If you have a thyroid imbalance, maybe you've spent years swallowing your words, putting others' needs ahead of your own, taking care of other people, even holding back your truth and what you really want to say or really feel in the depth of your heart. And you might struggle to stand up for yourself and feel like you've really sacrificed a lot of your life for others. So Hashimoto's, aka people pleasers. Let me know if that resonates with you guys. So the emotional root is just as important to acknowledge in your healing and in fact can speed up the healing process exponentially. This is something I experienced. If you really take that side of your healing seriously and integrate that into your physical healing as well. So that's number five. There are emotional roots to illness as well. And that's it. That's it for this episode, you guys. I would love for you to tell me what you wish you knew about autoimmune disease when you were first diagnosed. So DM me on Instagram. I always respond or screenshot this podcast and tag me with your answer. I can't wait to hear from you. And if you love this podcast, I'd love for you to leave me a five-star review on iTunes. Thank you guys so much for listening and I'll see you next time.